0: THE GOLDEN BIRD BY THE RIVER Once there was a little bird who was born in Alsatia, a strange old part of London between Fleet Street and the Thames. There was always something strange about him, and the other birds, including his mother, didn't know what to make of him. He didn't grow in the same way as his brothers and sisters did, and he tended to get left out when they played games or perched together on the broken rooftops. When it was time to learn to fly, he found it difficult and would only manage to flutter from ledge to ledge while everybody else swooped and soared and dived. Whilst the others would fight for their share of food, he was rather shy and so he became somewhat underfed and weak in comparison. His mother would look at him out of the corner of her eye and sigh. She knew something that the others didn't But even so, she wished he would be normal, bolder perhaps, and stronger. But as the weeks and months went by, the little bird stayed small, and although he found his own way to eat by scavenging tiny bits of food dropped by others or by catching things that they'd missed, he was quite weak. But. He was very sharp-sighted, so he did notice things that other birds didn't see, and he became very good at keeping out of the way and just watching. As he got older, he found himself often alone, and when he wasn't trying to find food or hiding away in some snug corner somewhere, he would perch on a branch on a tree by the edge of the river. There he became accustomed to looking at the boats going up and down and at the people of the town, always busy with their comings and goings. London then was a much stranger and more frightening place than it is now. It was much fuller of smells. He would see some sad and some strange sights as he sat there. Children abandoned by their parents, frightened and crying. Grown-ups shouting and fighting and often crying too. Animals being treated cruelly violence and pain and brutality of all sorts. But, although there were all sorts of unpleasantness, there were also many happy and wonderful things too. The bird often wished he was bigger so that he could help out in some way, and indeed he often did what he could, maybe coming to sit by some lonely soul and just singing a little. Or, if he saw somebody he was about to have an accident, flying down and fluttering to make them look up so they're able to escape or avoid trouble. He became so good at seeing what was going on and so keen to help that on a few occasions he was even able to prevent some very big and bad things happening. Once he saw a man steering a big boat and noticed he'd fallen asleep and he was able to fly to him in time and flutter around till he woke up the man swore and tried to hit the bird because he was quite drunk. But he did realise that his boat and all its cargo were about to crash into another boat with many people aboard, and so they were saved. Another time, the bird saw an old woman had fallen into the mud at the river's edge and was sinking. He flew over her head and made such a fuss that eventually somebody turned around, saw her, and managed to come to her rescue. Sometimes he just sat looking out at the water as it flowed by, wondering where all the boats were going, and all about this place called the sea. He'd heard other bigger birds talk about it. There were lovely things to eat there apparently, and much less noise and people and trouble, which sounded very nice, but it was also very windy and big, which he didn't like the sound of. Every sunset he would flutter home to a place he'd found beneath the eaves of a very old house. It was a small hole next to a chimney, and so it would often be warm, and as it was too small for other birds to get into or steal, he'd been rather happy there. Many people seemed to die unnoticed in the city, of cold, or of hunger, or of neglect, And the bird gave himself the job of singing them on their way when he could. Perhaps this would make it easier or less lonely for them. Or perhaps it would just mark their passing. He became very good at this. And there's no doubt that he made quite a difference this way. Days and months passed. The other birds thought he was mad, and would often make fun of him and sometimes even came to bully him. When winter came, many of them went away for a long time. But not our friend. No, he was too small to undertake any long journeys, and anyway, he felt his place was here, watching. But the days and nights of cold and loneliness began to take their toll. He became quite bedraggled. Nevertheless, he remained as cheerful as possible and tried to help out whenever he could, or at least think good things, and sing his farewell songs. Some days he would sit on the wall by the river and notice that below him there was a man who was tall and slim, and who wore green-tinted glasses, and who also spent much time just watching the river and thinking, and looking at the boats and people. The little bird had never had a companion, but he began to think of the man in some ways as such, and it almost seemed to him as if the man felt the same. Another year came, and went. The city breathed in and breathed out. Some buildings were raised, others fell down. The world moved on. The little bird began to feel weaker, and would sometimes fall asleep as he sat and sang. Often he would dream that he saw a giant moon spinning in front of him across the river. Then a day came when it was late summer, and he was sitting on his perch on the tree. he had had a busy time of it late, singing and watching, and this evening he suddenly felt too tired to fly home. This made him feel rather frightened because he didn't like to stay down by the river at night. But fortunately, his friend, the strange man who wore green-tinted glasses, was there as usual, leaning on the railing beneath. This made him feel a bit better. Suddenly, The man looked up straight at him and smiled. It's time, he said. The little bird was very surprised, for not even any other birds had spoken to him for a long time, and he was startled to realise that he could understand the words. He looked at the man with his head on one side and his beak open in amazement, and he wondered what would happen next. My name's Valentine, said the man, almost as if in explanation, and then he said, again, It's time. Suddenly the bird felt very sleepy. He looked around once more at the city, and at the river, and at the boats, and then back at the man. The man smiled, the bird closed his eyes, the river flowed on. After a little while, the man bent down and picked up something from amongst the leaves and dirt and papers on the pavement. He held it in his hands for a few moments as if thinking, then he leant down and blew very gently and stood back and opened his arms wide. When he did, in a flash, a bird flew up into the sky, and as it did, it grew bigger and bigger, and fiercer and fiercer, and its brown feathers turned red, then orange, then gold. And then, just as suddenly, a great stone pillar grew up from the ground, and the bird landed on it, and sat there perfectly still. When folk first saw the golden bird on the stone pillar, they were a little surprised. But fairly soon they thought it had been there for a long time. You can go and see it. It still sits there down by the Thames, opposite the London Eye. People now believe that it was put there by somebody or other for a particular reason. So they put a plaque on it. But we know better, don't we?